Good evening and welcome back to the Diz Dads Podcast Plus. I'm your host, Aaron Ripmaster, and with me tonight to record the Diz Dads Podcast Plus uh, is my trusty co-host, Willie Crocker. Hey guys, welcome back. Sitting in for Tim is a special guest, Jay Crocker, who's back on the show to talk about celebrating Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary. Welcome back to the show, Jay. Thank you very much for having me again. So we're going to jump into this discussion of Jay's recent Walt Disney World anniversary trip. But before we get there, we do need to thank our podcast sponsors once again. Uh, the Diz Dads Podcast Plus is sponsored by Wicked Mouse Travel and by Mouse Master Travel. Both are authorized Disney vacation planners, and they would love to help you enjoy and get the most out of your next Walt Disney World vacation. Uh, it's a different place than the place you went before. I guarantee it. Uh, the new Disney Genie program is rolling out October 19th at Walt Disney World, and uh, it's well worth your your effort to contact them to uh, get the most out of these new tools. So you can check them out at wickedmousetravel.com and at mousemastertravel.com. Okay, uh, so welcome back to the show, Jay. Why don't you set the stage for us a little bit? This is a trip that you'd had on the books for a long time, and you'd kind of been looking forward to, if I remember, kind of looking forward to to being a part of this 50th anniversary celebration. Uh, absolutely. I realized um, back uh, last November, as I was working through the pandemic one day, I was like, wait a minute. It's a, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're 11 months out and I, I used my, uh, my DVC points to, uh, to book a, uh, a one bedroom studio at old Key West during the 50th, uh, anniversary celebration for the magic kingdom, um, arriving a couple of days before the celebration to see what the lead up would be like. And then, uh, leaving a few days after the celebration so that we could see what post celebration, uh, uh, Disney World was like as well, and it was it was a lot of fun, and the anticipation and the uh, the excitement uh, that, that were experienced while the, while there were just um, phenomenal. It was it was an excellent thing, and something that I'm glad that I had the foresight to book and think about 11 months in advance. Right. So the the parks were especially you know Magic Kingdom and and Epcot, which was also celebrating a, a landmark uh, anniversary. You know those those two parks in particular were were very full on like October first and October second, right? The the two days right there um, at, at the anniversary. So it's a good thing you were on that early. Um, give us a kind of a, a a big picture view. You said the plan was to kind of take things in a little bit, sort of before, during, after, so you'd have the whole whole panorama. Um, you know, were you were you focused on visiting you know just Epcot and and Magic Kingdom, just Magic Kingdom? Were you checking everything out what was the what was the overall plan so typically typically our plan is to hit every park and, and we did hit every park because we were there essentially um seven days six nights um you, you know uh so we, so we were able to do so but 
the the big purpose was to uh, hit a lot of time at the Magic Kingdom and Epcot, knowing that they would probably be very crowded on the first and second. Um, but we we went down beforehand on the 28th of September because we had also heard that that um, we were we were going to be seeing the last of Happily Ever After and the oh. last of Epcot Forever. Okay. And so we wanted to hit as many of those shows as we could and then see the new shows. So we were we were um, able to see the last showing of Happily Ever After in the Magic Kingdom. And then we uh, we saw it the first night of Enchanted in the Magic Kingdom. So those were kind of right, right. planned for us. And the same, we tried to see the last showing of Epcot Forever on the 28th, but our plane landed too late. So oh, we no. did not get to see it. <laughs> Uh, luckily, we had seen it before, but we did get to see um, the first night of uh, Harmonious okay. at, at Epcot. And then we saw it again a second night from a different vantage point, trying to figure out new places to view right, right. with all the new water screens. Well, so let's let's start with kind of the looking back piece, right? Um, you, you got to say goodbye to Happily Ever After. Um, you know, Happily Ever After, it didn't last as long as I think many people thought it would. Um, it, it replaced wishes that had been there forever. Um, and it was interesting to me to see kind of how fan reaction to Happily Ever After sort of shifted over time. Like a lot of people were were really resistant to it, I think, initially, and then grew to really enjoy it a lot. Um what was your general feeling about happily ever after? And, and, you know, how'd you feel saying goodbye to it? I, um, I was, I was very, uh, excited by happily ever after, uh, wishes was a beautiful show for me, but, um, we started going to the parks pretty hard and heavy right as wishes was ending and happily ever after kind of started a few years ago. So, um, happily ever after is, is a show that we enjoyed. And with the new projections, we uh, we we thoroughly enjoyed uh, happily ever after and what the castle looked like. The stained glass at the end is one of my absolute favorite Disney magic touches that they do after they've done all the songs. Um, and so I was sad to see happily ever after go. I think Enchanted is a beautiful show. I I do. Um, Felicia Rashad is the narrator, um, and you know she does an excellent job. Um, I believe. And this is just my opinion that we will probably see some tweaks and some changes to it as as the year or the years progress to 18 months, even um, however long they might choose to keep it. You know, if it's just during the celebration or if it's, you know, right. a, permanent, a more permanent show. Right, right. Uh, um, it feels in places a bit disjointed. Um, and and I and I would uh, remind me to to tell you the same about Harmonious with Epcot. Um, it it feels as if it kind of pauses and then moves in a different direction rather than the seamless nature that we're used to from Wishes and Happily Ever After. Now it's interesting that you say that because I I noticed even in Happily Ever After that there were scripted pauses, right where where it would. You get the song, you get the the pause, the little narrative bridge, and then they'd pick up the next element, right? Um, and even maybe the the place I noticed it most strongly is during um, the now departed um, Hello Wishes Halloween fireworks show, right? Where they were telling that whole villain story and all of that. Um, and it had that same element. I'm actually wondering whether some of that is intentional because as you mentioned, you know, as they move to more projection elements, 
they already showed during Happily Ever After that they will and can readily change those out over time to incorporate new scenes and, you know, promote new films or, or uh, you know, give something a, a thematic bump. And uh, I, I almost wonder whether those are there on purpose and it's just going to take a little time for them to kind of, um, you know, work the, the rough edges together. Yes. Yeah. I, and, and I think that's the case. I, I also am hoping, again, all conjecture, you know, as, as a new show that's supposed to be exciting and celebrating the 50th anniversary, not a shot of Walt or Roy or any of the early ideas of the, of the conception of the Magic Kingdom and Disney, and Disney World in, in and of itself. Um, and, and really, not a lot of, um, of homage to early Disney classics. You have some, some nice scenes from uh, Sleeping Beauty here and there. Um, uh, you know, a, a little bit of, I think it was Lady and the Tramp might have shown up. I can't recall. Um, but, you know, some, some fairly early scenes and I think a Jungle Book scene. But other than that, you get mostly um, late 90s on in, in your vignettes, which was kind of surprising um, to me. Uh, the other thing that I'll say about it is as we move to more projection, and I, and I think the projection is beautiful, as somebody who likes to watch the show from the California Grill at the top of the Contemporary or the top of the World Lounge from the top of Bay Lake Tower, the shows have lost a lot of pizzazz that you could see from, with wishes when there wasn't a lot of projection, when it was mostly fireworks and lights. And it's kind of a letdown um, from far away. And knowing that they're selling dinner packages to watch it from the top of uh, from the top of the California Grill there at the Contemporary, I I can't help but think some people have to have you know they might be let down right, right. Uh, by by not being able to see as much. It's an interesting point, and um, it, it's 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 kind of ironic, right? Because I feel like one of the reasons for expanding the projections at Magic Kingdom is that it made the in park areas where you could watch the show broader, right? You could spread people out more, but the, the flip side effect of that is that once you get to the other side of the lake or the lagoon, um, you know, it's, it's much worse. Absolutely. And we were up pretty close to the castle um, on, on opening night when we watched it. And, and, and by that, I mean, we were standing right on, the um, the train or the trolley track in the front of the hub there in front of the castle. So we were maybe, you know, 40, 50 feet from, you know, the, the ramps down to the castle at the most. Right. right. Um, and uh, we were told that there's supposed to be a lot of projection on main street USA. Right. Uh, from what we were told that that did not happen that night. So we don't know if that's uh. all conjecture or if it's supposed to come in the future as part of the celebration continuing. But the, the idea is that you get a very different show if you're right. down by the train station as opposed to up by the castle. So I think what you're saying holds holds a lot of truth in that in the park the, the experience is is very different than outside of uh, outside of the park. Um, and as long as we've jumped into the fireworks discussion, you know, let's talk a little bit about the whole you know illuminations to Epcot Forever to uh, the new. Uh, harmonious show um you know th that one has had the rockiest i think fan acceptance um perhaps the rockiest since uh uh you know the rollout of rivers of light um 
what what's what's your take? What do you think of of and maybe talk through the progression because I know you saw all three. Um, so I am I am super partial to illuminations, um, and especially illuminations with the holiday tag. When I was down there with uh, with Willie and the, and the family and everybody, um, there's just something that was magical about illuminations. I was also I I enjoyed um, Epcot Forever. I thought it was a fun temporary show that we knew was a temporary show. The skidoos with the with the LED lights flying, the kites flying in the air, all of those things were just stunning visuals that I thought they did an excellent job with. Um, with Harmonious, I think I'm in the minority when I say, I don't think having the barges and the um, the giant hoop or the Stargate, as I heard one <laughs> woman speak of it in a restaurant uh, while we were having dinner before the show started, um, I don't think it detracts from the, um, from the overall effect of, of Epcot because you know, and people aren't there to look across the lake uh, unless you're getting a shot here and there with Spaceship Earth from, you know, say Italy or Japan or, or somewhere. Um, I think people are there to visit, you know, the World Showcase and to enjoy Future World and all of those things. So I'm, I don't think it's bad. And the barges right now are beautiful with the LED work. They've got a kind of a rippling water effect and every once in a while the 50th logo appears and disappears. So daytime, I think they're fine. Uh, but I heard a lot of people that do not think that they are fine. They think they're eyesores. Yeah, but the people that complain have always been complaining. It didn't matter what it was. When the old globe came out, they would complain about the globe being out in the middle of the water at four o'clock and it took away from the view. It doesn't matter what it is they complained. Absolutely. And they're no longer having to raise that bridge over by the outpost, you know, for 20 minutes while the barge comes through every day, too. So, um, you know, I think I think so. Now, I will say that we watched opening night from the America Pavilion. We were just to the right of of where the uh, the Voices of Liberty and the Mariachi Band are currently playing in the American Theater there. Um, just just to the right, because there was a private event going on in at the Italy balconies where, where we used to watch or the, in that area. Um, and we could see the new, um, the new water screen through this, through the giant circle in the middle, but it was pretty far away. Um, enjoyed it. The, um, the barges all work independently. They've got these beautiful arms that move up and down and spray water with lights and the way that the fireworks shoot off in conjunction with the lights. Very beautiful. But again, I would say that the story um, is a bit disjointed. I think Harmonious needs more narration. Uh, there's a little bit at the beginning, and then it's just kind of like, you know, uh, a scene from a movie with some interesting graphics passing through the barges, pause. Scene from a movie, interesting graphics, pause. And what they did, a really nice thing was they they chose a lot of the films from, from the Disney catalog that um, that highlight the countries of the World Showcase. And I think Disney really missed an opportunity to highlight those countries because, you know, when, um, let's say, when Brave comes on and you see Merida's hair and, and you're blowing across the three barges as she's riding her horse and you hear the and you hear the songs, they should have lit up the United Kingdom, you know, kind of like they used to do. It's all pitch black. They have they, they just missed out on that. And so as you as you, you know, France, you know, um, there's a there's a short scene with Quasimodo and and the Notre Dame should have lit up France when that's going on. But it, it, they just 
I don't know if that just wasn't part of the plan because we know they can do it. They've done it in the past. Right. Well, right. the, the other thing is, there. was it yeah. rushed to get done? Right. Who, who knows? Well, there's no reason for that kind of thing to be to have been rushed. I mean, they knew for plenty Money. of time. They, I mean, they had plenty of time to do it. I, it's interesting to me because it, in some ways, it's almost the opposite problem that Illuminations had. Right. I mean, people used to complain about the seven minute dead spot in Illuminations, which was the spot where there was the extended narration. Yes. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I think my guess is that, that first of all, the capital expenditure to, you know, put in Harmonious with the barges and the, the Stargate um, yes. were much more significant than the, the capital expenditures to, to put in uh, the Enchanted, you know, fireworks show in Magic Kingdom. Harmonious hadn't gone anywhere for quite some time. Um, right. So I think that we, we could, we should certainly expect, you know, let, let's remember Illuminations wasn't static either. Um, right. it, it changed significantly from the show that that first, you know, rolled out to celebrate the the was part of that whole tapestry of nations thing. Right. Yeah, I, and I think I there are some some grand pauses in Harmonious that I'm hoping we might see some of that filled in with some narration. Um, Etc. So I, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I, it's a beautiful show, but you walk away going, "Hmm, that was nice." <laughs> you don't say, "Wow." Okay. Yeah. Um, From what I've heard, it needs more fireworks. Oh, it does. It, it does not. It, and I'm wondering if Disney is just cutting back on fireworks because of environmentalism and cost. You know, or just getting the fireworks because yeah, well, I mean right now, supply chain right is just very hard right now. Yeah. Because here's the thing is when Harmonious ends and then they put all those new lights on Spaceship Earth, I'm gonna be really honest, it steals the show. Uh, you know, I mean more people are well, attention to that. And you know what? That's the other reason I think they have kept the amount of fireworks down. Because think about when, you know, think about Illuminations, right? Which had the big fireworks flourish at the end. Mm -hmm. Remember the cloud that hung over Spaceship Earth after that? Yes. And, and so that, I, think, I think that's an excellent um, idea of what may be going on. Now, I will say the second time we watched the, um, the, the show, it would have been, I want to say the third or the fourth of October. So um, we, it was much, you know, it had had a few nights to kind of run. It had been almost a week since we'd seen it. And we watched it from, um, from the other side of, of the, of the, uh, of the lake. And we were just to the right of Port of Trade. Uh, I think it's, I think that's. Okay. So really almost around, almost around to the base of, what I would think of as the base of the lagoon, right? As you're, as you're coming across the bridge from future world. Yes. Yes. So, you know, you can go to the right towards Canada or to the left towards Mexico. We went to the right towards Canada and then we went to the, to the far side because the handicap viewing section is right in front is, is right there and it is roped off. And they were very clear that it was for, um, for handicapped guests only. And they did an excellent job of making sure that guests in wheelchairs and their families you know, everybody um, with their service dogs or their power chairs or 
um, you know, anything that they needed. And they started letting them in there very early and allowed them to continue to hold those spots for about two hours. Um, it was nice. So we were just to the right of that section um, and we could see the Stargate or whatever it is that you want to call it so much better. It is closer to that end of the lake. And so if, if people are trying to figure out viewing spaces, much better viewed from, from where we saw it. The, um, the projections show up better on that side because you're closer. Um, it was, and it may, you know, sometimes the wind can affect the water screens and all sure. of that. But So it may have been a less windy night, but it was 10 times better show from that end of, of the lake than from the American Pavilion side. Uh, right. just because you could see what was going on. So Jay's recommendation is sort of the future world side of uh, World Showcase Lagoon. Absolutely. And, and I will say that some of the, the former um, illuminations and Epcot Forever viewing sites, you know, some people used to do the bridge between uh, Great Britain and France. Right. You are looking at the side of the, the Stargate. The dinner party? In front of it. it is a terrible location now if you want to see anything going on there. Yeah, and to me, that one is a real problem because that's where the Epcot, uh, uh, the 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 for the fire the fireworks cruises. It's where the cruises park is under the bridge. Yes, and it's it's a terrible vantage point now. Absolutely, if if somebody paid money for that, they they would see half the show. Um, I will say that, you know, the Rosen Crown is selling um, a $99 dinner package now. And um, we were we were curious as to what the view might be like. And what they do is after the show finishes, they kind of run through a lot of the scenes again, or they did it both nights that we were there um, as people are exiting the park. Right. Okay. So they kind of turn the music down a bit, turn the lights up and they run through the scenes again. And so we went over to the Rosen Crown to see what the view is like, because I was thinking, it wouldn't be very good because at the bridge, it wasn't excellent vantage point. So another tip would be if you can okay. get that dining package at the ground. Oh, excellent. I was shocked. We, we could huh. see. So, so definitely do the Rosen crown dining package instead of the fireworks cruise. It's a much better view. Absolutely. And I'll say this much. It includes unlimited drinks. Yeah. That's good to know. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we just recorded a show about that recently. Um, I'm thinking unlimited drinks at Rose and Crown could be a dangerous proposition. Absolutely. I was shocked. It's a three-course dinner, including unlimited drinks, all outside seating on the tiered seating at Rose and Crown. Unbelievable. Aaron, I'll see you there in uh, January. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so let's let's get back to the you know, bigger picture. We, we dove right into the, the big fireworks changes. Cause that was a big part of what you wanted to be there for and all that. Um, but let's take that step back and um, talk about your overall impression of those first couple of days, you know, before the celebration, sort of as things were building up. Um, first of all, did, did you notice a difference of a, a buildup to the celebration and, you know, what was your impression of, of what you saw? Absolutely. So there was, um, I, first of all, I'll let you know that when we, when we got in Tuesday night and then Wednesday, the parks were, I don't, I don't want to say empty because Disney isn't empty, but noticeably 
less crowded than I was expecting for it to be with knowing Friday was the 50th anniversary. So that Tuesday, Wednesday, um, relatively low crowds. Um, Thursday, it picked up a little bit. Uh, and, and, and I was, and I was expecting that, but you, and you could see people arriving and coming to, coming to the parks, you know, and you heard people having conversations about, yeah, we haven't even been to the hotel where we just, we came straight to the parks and then Friday, absolute mayhem. Um, now I, I, I want to be clear, safe Disney had organized it. You know, I mean, it was, it was, it was done very well, but we've all heard what went on in the magic kingdom, you know, in the Emporium and, you know, as people were, you know, fighting for gifts, fighting for merch, et cetera, et cetera. But overall Disney was flawless in their execution of their transportation and of the work that they did. I mean, we, um, Willie can tell you that we always have a rental car on property and we prefer to drive to the parks and we only drove to the parks two days, the first day that we got there. So the Wednesday, the Wednesday um, before the celebration and then the Tuesday, the last day so that we could go straight home to the airport. And we rode Disney transportation every other day, flawlessly executed. As busy as it was, I never waited more than 10 minutes for a bus. Oh, wow. That's yeah, great ever. to hear. And that's yeah. old Key West. That's not always true there. Absolutely. And, and that's what I was nervous about. And that's why I had my rental car. Never needed it. We walked over, never waited more than 10 minutes for a that's great. So, um, but the crowds were noticeably bigger. I will say that the um, the cast members were anticipating large crowds. Um, and there were things that they would tell us. I remember being in Epcot in the new, um, you know, Mouse Gears is no more. It's right. now called Creations, right? Um, and I remember asking for a 50th anniversary, a reusable bag, uh, the large size, which they had sold out of by the time I was looking for them. And I asked the woman if I could have one. And she said, we're not allowed to sell them until the first here at Epcot. And so um, I never ended up getting one of the large size ones because they sold out immediately. I mean, everybody was getting the big. Yeah. So um, I'll get you one in a couple of weeks. Thank you. I appreciate it because I really want one. And so does my husband. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But, but, but I have to say that um, the, the cast members had a palpable excitement in their, in their voices and in their work. And that exhaustion that has been evident for the last 18 months seemed to have disappeared in a lot of ways. I think some of that comes from the fact that outside, um, you know, you don't have to wear your masks anymore. So they're no longer being public health officials and they can be cast members again, you know, and asking people to not, you know, to, to pull up their masks or put their masks on. Um, but there was just a general excitement among the cast members that they were excited, you know, because also um, the the Remy's Ratatouille adventure was opening, you know, right. uh, at Epcot. So they were just as excited about that as what was going on at the Magic Kingdom. Uh, right, right. On top of everything else going on all around them. Yes, yes. So there was an excitement in the air. And by the first, um, it, 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 it had kind of exploded or blossomed or whatever metaphor you want to use for <laughs> Or for whatever that is, um, and and there was there was a really fun um, excitement for for all of it. So you could feel it, and it didn't go away after the first. Um, that was going to be my next question: Is what was it like on the second? So, <laughs> Were they still so exuberant? So because the second was a Saturday, right? Um, it was very very busy uh, in the parks, but again. I don't know if it's because a lot of the Florida locals were there or, or everything else is if you wanted merchandise, 
it was very busy. But if you wanted to get on any of the attractions, I think the longest we waited was 29 minutes for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. You know, you know, I mean, like we didn't wait longer than that for anything the entire time that we were there. Uh, Space Mountain, and that's a Saturday. That was a Saturday. No, no, we were in Epcot on the second. I think it was. No, we're, no, we were in Hollywood Studios on the second. But again, oh wow, never waited. But you, how long was your wait for Rise? For Rise of the Resistance, um, we waited 22 minutes. Going Holy moly! Yeah. Going and that's through. and that's so with, everybody with the yeah. the everybody rise having gone to standby time. only for there for a little bit. Yes. No more yes. boarding wow. groups. Yeah. Because I remember wow. because I remember saying like we we didn't wait any longer than when you were let through when you used to get a um you know a, a virtual a boarding time and boarding time and go through. I mean the the line continuously moved. Now that's also because it didn't break down. Well, but but I think that's part of the reason that they were able to go to the standby line was that they were getting more consistent. They were getting, you know, they had a better sense of their of their throughput on a regular basis. It's been two years. They finally got it working. Right. Yeah. So um, you really, I mean, didn't wait more than 29 minutes. That was my longest wait the entire time I was there, including going to Flight of Passage when when Animal Kingdom. I didn't even go to Animal Kingdom at Rope Drop. And we were rope droppers, but we slept in that morning. Um, and so we, we were still there um, for the 30 minutes before for the, um, but I mean, we were only there the last 10 minutes of that 30 minutes. And we were still, we were still on a uh, uh, flight of passage within 20. Wow. That's incredible. Wow. I just remember getting a text from you and saying, we're done with animal kingdom and our flights, not for another like three or four hours. That was insane. So. It, that's what Dawa bar is for. Yes, uh, we we go to the Nomad Lounge, so that works too. It's a great location. Yep. yep. So, hi Tim. <laughs> yes, uh, Tim did oh, manage right. to finally stumble in the back door here. Um, uh, sorry, guys. Yeah, it's good to see you. <laughs> I, I was I was just occupied with something or other. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ed Solo Cup. Yeah. I fill I you up. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so I think we, we've got a good sense then of, of, you know, crowds and that kind of thing. Um, you wanted the bags, you couldn't get the bags. Was there any other, um, you know, anniversary merch or anything like that, that you were kind of on the lookout for and, and that, you know, you thought was, was worth the investment in, you know, um, and anniversary merch. So full disclosure for the first time since we've been going to Disney and granted we drive fairly often. We fly probably one in three trips. Um, we had to buy a suitcase to take home. <laughs> um, and I'm, I, I should be embarrassed to say that, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> because some of that merch was for my brother who's uh, smiling in his office right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and my kids. That's right. Yeah, actually, for for the boys is really what. Right, I was to say your nephews. Merch is what the merch is for. Um, so, I will say on the first of October, I didn't know. I, I I didn't do my homework because sometimes you just want to enjoy the atmosphere too, right? So we did get to the park for the extra for the early magic hours or what have you for people that are staying on property. But apparently they had started letting people in the Magic Kingdom on the first at like 530. The buses started running. So they let them in very early and the people started getting in the virtual queues 
for wow. um, there was a virtual queue to get in the Emporium, a virtual queue to get in the um, the the uh, what is it the collection that they're selling right now for uh, it's it's in the um, it's in the, uh, the the movie theater on Main Street USA. Oh, is it Swarovski the, stuff? The, the, no, it's the vintage collection. Oh, oh, vintage so, collection. Okay. Yeah, so you know all the original um, stuff from '71 that they've re-released. Right, right. There's a virtual queue for Pandora. There's a virtual queue for the the day of 50th anniversary merch. Right. So didn't bother with the with the Emporium because that stuff we had already shopped on the 29th when we were there. So I, I wasn't really nervous or worried about that. Got in the Pandora queue for our aunt because she wanted a 50th anniversary Pandora charm. And uh, and she's awesome. And she is, she's incredible. Uh, shout out to Aunt Natalie. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I wanted to get in the virtual queue for the 50th anniversary merchandise the day of. And when I went up to the man to scan the QR code, he was like, it's full right now, but they'll re-release times, they'll re-release times. And you just had to keep refreshing on your phone. So um, I said, okay, got the QR code. And I said, let's go get breakfast. Okay. My breakfast line at Sleepy Hollow was an hour and 20 minutes. Wow. Um, and Holy the, man. And the problem was. For waffles. For waffles. The problem <laughs> wow. was you could mobile order places, but it was taking them so long to process as it didn't matter if you were online or not. I mean, that's how many people were there. Um, because it was the lines for food and merch that were bad, not the attraction. Right, right. And right. That's, that's one of those things where, you know, I mean, I guess it's good to, to help people understand this because these things are going to come around periodically. But it's that, you know, the, the everything about the park sort of changes when there is a big anniversary event kind of thing like this. And you kind of have to throw everything you know about the way you approach the parks out the window because nobody is dashing to Space Mountain. Nobody is, you know, rushing to get in line for attractions. It's all about merch and food and especially food from you know, maybe bizarrely quick service locations, right. That is, is often sort of special designs, right. Special, uh, right. Special popcorn buckets or yeah. what have well, you. Or, or, or cupcakes that are decorated right. special or cookies and all yeah, those yeah. things. And, and it's, it's, it's the Instagramification of yeah. food. Um, now that's brings me to the next question. So did you try any of the 50th treats? Because I've heard basically all of them seem to be one end of the spectrum to the other, right? Almost all of them are beautiful. About half of them are really good. And about half of them, like... Barely edible. No, are not even edible. <laughs> not even. <laughs> are like, take a bite, spit it out, and throw the whole thing in the trash. So you had it and bah. So um, I, I will say it's Sleepy Hollow because we waited in line for so long. I did go ahead and order the 50th anniversary drink that they were selling there. And it was, um, it, it was a, uh, it had something to do with the haunted mansion. Uh, it was, it had a, it was, I, I want to say it's a doom buggy drink of some kind. Right. And it had this, this blueberry um, ginger beer in it with um, some mint and some other things. And it was delicious. And it came, it, it came with a, a Haunted Mansion stirrer, or it was supposed to come with a Haunted Mansion stirrer. <laughs> and when I ordered it, the woman was like, she's very, very kind. She said, the stirrers aren't in yet. Do you still want it? 
And I didn't have, oh. the, I didn't have the heart to say I thought that. they were out already. No, she said they hadn't come in yet for the 50th. They hadn't made it in yet. And I didn't have the heart to make her avoid it. And I wanted to try it anyway. And it was, it was phenomenal. Uh, but you have to like ginger beer. It had a very strong blackberry and ginger beer uh, kind of taste. Um, and so um, we did try we did try that. We did not try a whole lot of the 50th anniversary cupcakes or anything because they're enormous. I mean, you know, the cupcakes have a mountain of icing on them. Um, the carrot cake, Yummy. all those things. And yeah, I know, Willie, that's that's up your alley. But when you're standing in the sun, because it was 88 and sunny every day. Um, just that it did not appeal to me. Um, what I will say is a lot of the menus, be melting all down your trousers yeah. before it's yeah. before you could even no eat it. No chance. I would eat that thing yeah. in 35 seconds. What, uh, well, you, I would believe it. Yeah. <laughs> but what, what they do offer is all of the quick service locations also had that like 1971 offering. You know, they had an original offering from 1971. Right. Um, many of the places that we were eating or, or shopping or doing things in, um, what they had didn't appeal to me because I realized as we were standing in line for an hour and 20 minutes for breakfast, I actually ordered our lunch while we were standing in line at, at nine forty. Smart. Probably not morning. a bad idea. Right. So I ordered our, our, our one twenty five lunch at the Columbia Harbor house at, you know, at, at 10 o'clock in the morning, because I then found out when some friends of ours met us in the park and they decided to order from Casey's. And while they ordered from Casey's, um, when when it said submit order, it took an hour and 10 minutes for them to get their hot dogs. Yeah, you know, wow. which let's be clear, Disney has done a nice job of getting their quick service mobile order down. You usually walk right in. You might wait eight minutes. Yeah, I mean, something like that. They waited an hour and 10 minutes for hot dogs from Casey's. That's how busy the quick service locations were. And I'm telling you, they were churning out food and the cast members were doing the best they could. Like I, nobody had reason to complain other than it was just busy. So, so yeah. no, long story short, didn't try a lot of that. Well, the food I can understand. You can't really, um, you know, spread a Casey's hot dog anywhere, but Casey's, but it seems like the merch they could have like, had in, in more than a couple of locations, particularly the um, the exclusive stuff that uh, the way I understood it was only available in the one spot, like Mickey's Big Top or whatever that was. Um, that had a that had to create a real logjam. Absolutely. Uh, where the, whereas they could have spread that out. A- absolutely. You, yeah. You think they would know that? But well, okay. <laughs> I think it was. So I, I and I have to say that if I had if I had one complaint of the day. And I'm not a complainer because it's, it's not in my nature because the people are just trying to do the best they can with, you know, working for a company that's serving hundreds of thousands of people. Um, is that I finally managed to get in the virtual queue for the day of merch. Um, and I got in that queue while we were standing in that breakfast line. So we're talking 10, 15 in the morning. And when it said you're in, it said 1,068 parties are ahead of you. I finally got to finally got to go get in line at 3 p.m. is when wow. I was called. And what was disappointing about that was you show them your text, you walk up, you then get in line again at Pete's sideshow. And then we were led into um, the big top where, you know, so you get in line at Pete's sideshow and then you go inside. But 
a lot of the merch by that time was already gone. I wanted a Christmas ornament. I wanted a t-shirt in my size. I wanted, you know, a, a couple of, of things that they were just, they were just out of, you know, they, yeah, it's they the t-shirts in, in sizes that it drives me crazy because yeah. you'd think that, that by now they know that, you know, 75% of the shirts that people buy are going to be, you know, either, you know, two X or larger and the other 25% are going to be the, you know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And then, and then somehow by three o'clock on opening day, all they have left are smalls. Yeah. And I, and I will say I, we got lucky when we were, um, when we were standing in line, the man came out, uh, the, the man came out and he would put on, on the, they had sandwich boards with what they were sold out of and he would put the sizes on or they, and they had told us that they were out of the 50th anniversary mugs when we were standing there. But when we walked in, there were three shelves of mugs still left, but they had done that so that the people at the end of the line would know that they probably weren't going to get any. So there were a few things that we were still able to pick up that it was pretty nice that we were able to do so. But I, I will say that they have you stand in this long queue line um, and then they let you into um, to shop for the merch and it's a free for all. I mean, it, there was there was no no semblance to order or anything once you got it. And Black Friday got nothing on this. Right. <laughs> now, what, what we did was we decided to do, they've got um, on, the, on the on the app now, they have that you can shop in store with your phone and you scan it and you put it in a bag and you scan it and you put it in a bag and you show your QR code when you leave. And we started doing that. So we could just grab stuff, scan it and put it in a bag and grab stuff and, and do that. I mean, other people were kind of running around, screaming, you know, hollering to their, their family members, et cetera. But it worked very well for us. And then, so you, you do all of that in Pete's sideshow, and then you get in another line. And if you're an annual pass holder, you go to the right. And if you aren't an annual pass holder, you go to the left. And then you could get the annual pass holder 50th celebration march in, you know, in inside the big top, right? So, I mean, you stood in line again, um, to be able to get some of these things that that you were hoping to be able to get, and you know, and and it was just the chaos of inside of there that was perhaps the the least the least Disney like feeling. But again, I'm I'm not a complainer, and we made it. We were fine. It's air conditioned, you, you know, and and it was fine. And, but I think I remember texting Willie like that was absolute hell or something like that. Like I mean, it was it was you rough. said. Chaos. chaos okay it was, it was and fun. my favorite was i got what i wanted which is even better because you know willie got what he wanted again <laughs> and, and you didn't have to run to all the way across to tomorrowland to get it yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so i uh, i did the family a favor by, by yes he did big time yeah so i just remember getting the text and i didn't respond in like three minutes and Jay's like, come on, you got to give me an answer. And I was like, oh, no. Stuff was, <laughs> stuff was flying off the shelves. For for example, um, no one, doubt. one of our friends that was there was not able to get in the virtual queue. And he wanted one of the Letterman jackets. And so um, we picked up a Letterman jacket for him. Well, his girlfriend decided she wanted one, right? Too late. By the time we were able to circle around and come back, they were all gone. Yeah, I mean, it was like that. So, that's insane. Yeah. And the Letterman jackets were the most expensive thing in there. They were $99 each. So, yeah. Oh, now see, I was going to guess 120. So, yeah. Well, see, a little bit of bargain. So, so, <laughs> all right. So, one of the, one of the, 
the food items that I've heard specific comment on. And I'm going to mention this here because, because here's, here's the challenge I'm going to issue to any, any of our listeners. Cause you know, obviously Jay didn't find this one for us. So, um, the, the feedback I've heard on the Mr. Toad dome cake from Friar's Nook, um, the, the word I've, I've heard used for it is, um, vile. I've heard worse. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is supposed Tuna to be fish a, um, a, mixed with, it's supposed to be a peanut cake with chocolate, peanut butter, mousse, and salted caramel, which by, you know, the description itself doesn't sound bad. Sounds amazing. But yeah. All, but in reality, it sounds like the end I've of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. is just awful. So here's my challenge. All right. The first listener who orders a Mr. Toad dome cake and gets video of themselves eating the entire Mr. Toad's dome cake and sends it in to podcast at disdads.com. I've got your very own uh, you know, Diz Dad's uh, coffee mug that I will will send to you <laughs> in exchange. So, got to be a video of consuming the entire thing. It, it, we'd love to have your review as well, but you know, if if your stomach is too upset to speak after that, we understand. <laughs> but we're going to sit here and watch it. Yes, we are. That's right. We we double dog dare you. That's right. <laughs> and we'll have the first uh, you know Diz Dad's podcast plus reacts. I have not heard anyone say positive things about that. It's it's interesting because Willie and I both have a, a a fondness for Mr. Toad, and I was very close to ordering it, and I and I did not. So um um, it sounds like I'm very glad I I chose not to. Yeah, well, and and you know, the, again, the the real problem with these things is that it's like bait and switch because they're beautiful, right? But you know, so you get all all excited about it, and then the the taste betrays. Um, so so anyway, so that's that's you know the, it's an update on the Beverly challenge, right? It's the yeah. it's the Mister Toad you know, Dome was, Cake challenge, which is which is, you know, I was just Beverly, say Beverly's that. back. So right, yep. Yeah. I, I was going to liken it to uh, a newbie that's never stepped into Club Cool trying Beverly for the first time, right? <laughs> <There you laughs> Probably go. not too far off. Nope. Yeah, but at least Beverly's free. This costs money, right? Right, and, and probably, you pay for this. Yeah, probably a, a pretty it's not. It's not fifty nine cents at the. Yeah, it's not even two ninety nine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, so we've talked about merch a lot. We've talked about uh, a little bit about you know we talked about shows and things. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about your ride experiences. I mean, I know that that's not what you were necessarily there for on this trip, right? This was about the the celebration. Um, but, you know, did anything, anything in particular stand out on, you know, in attractions, things that, that, you know, went better than expected things that didn't work like they should have. So I think the first thing that, that really, um, matters is we have to recognize that when a 50th celebration is going on, the diehard fans show up, right? So your attractions that normally you make a fool out of yourself on because you're excited about them. But a lot of other people that have never been have no idea what's going on. Let's say in the magic kingdom, the country bear jamboree, the jungle cruise and the enchanted tiki room, right? Three of our family's 
most beloved attractions. We sing along in the Country Bear Jamboree. We laugh at all the jokes in the Jungle Cruise and we sing along with the birds in the Tiki Room, right? Um, normally people are looking at you like you're a fool. Um, you know, they, they're just not into it. Every single show, every single Jungle Cruise, all of that, people were in like Flynn. I, I mean, the, the diehards were there. So it made the attractions so much more fun than what, yeah, what could I can imagine. Yeah, it cool. was fun. And we're talking still maybe half full crowds in the Country Bear Jamboree, but that, you know, Grizzly Hall was rocking, you know, and, and the same for the, uh, for the Enchanted Tiki Room in the, what is it, the Sunshine Pavilion, right? I mean, just like, it, and so the, the excitement of people that love Disney really shined through on that. And it was fun. It was, I'm guessing the Carousel of Progress too, huh? Absolutely, we got stuck yeah, on the parallel Carousel of Progress. Yeah, I was say, oh they broke no! Down. Oh, oh my gosh! We got really? to see uh, we got to see the 1950s not once but twice uh, because the theater wouldn't <laughs> rotate. So, uh, <laughs> Wait, so if you see the 1950s twice, does that that mean you've actually seen the year 2000? That's right. I think right, we did yeah. it there, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. How's grandpa? Yeah. We are no no privacy at all, right? <laughs> um, so so the idea is that with the attractions, that was re- really exciting for us. And I, I will still say that I don't know what Disney is doing with their wait times. And I think it has to be for the, for the disability access passes or what have you. But we walked on to every ride for the most part, even on the 1st of October. Because, Amazing. Because people started gathering um, in the hub to watch Enchanted at 3.30. I mean. I'm Holy kidding. mackerel. I heard people were there at seven in the morning. They were, but the closest to us, a lady said, yeah, we put our beach towels down at three 30 and I was two people in front of her. And so people don't understand that you don't really need to do that. Um, So the attractions were, um, you know, deserted, shall we say there was a young man working in big thunder mountain railroad, a cast member who, and this was probably, this is right after we had our waffles. We're probably talking 10 30 in the morning who said to us, I'm so glad to see you all. I've been excited to welcome guests all morning and we have yet to run a full train. And our train was half full. I mean, I mean, you know, so we were walking on to the attractions. We walked on to um, Space Mountain. We walked on to everything but Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, right? Like I said, and that line was constantly moving. So, you know, it's just a longer line, but, right. you know, it, it didn't break down. It's also a slower loading because they only have basically one car at a time yeah yeah, absolutely so um so the attractions were were top they were top notch yeah i mean i mean they were it was great and everything was running nothing was breaking down they had it all going the people mover didn't stop when we were on it but you know i mean which is just rare for us so it was it was an exciting time so that's a, the attraction side of things. Um, let's let's dig a little more into your your dining experiences. You know, not everything was, uh, you know, uh, 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 Sleepy Hollow and and uh, Columbia Harbor Quick House. Service. I'm sure. So, yes. uh, right. let's let's talk about your dining experiences on this trip. So, um, at the urging of my dear brother, I um, 
I decided to give the um, Skipper's Canteen a second try. I ate at Skipper's Canteen, I want to say it was the third week that it was open when it first opened. Okay. And and I have talked about how bad that experience in that meal was for however many years it's been open. And he said, they've changed the menu. You know, they've, they've revamped it. They've tweaked it. They've done a lot. And so I said, okay. And we made, this was a different day. This was not on the first. I think this was on the 29th or whenever it was that we were there. Okay. We made a, a lunch reservation. We waited probably 10 or 15 minutes for our table. We were led to our table. We had phenomenal service and phenomenal food. We were full, we were so full. We are we are there. You much, go. We are very much appetizers, entrees, and desserts kind of people. That's just who we are. We did not order dessert. We were so full from the appetizers and the entrees, um, and had a, a lovely, lovely experience. So I will. So yeah, I, and I will they have some really that. good, really unique desserts too. So you'll have to go back for them. And that's what and that's yes. here. Yeah, they had two specials that that were going on that day. Um, when we were there, there were two appetizer specials and we ordered both because they sounded good and we couldn't decide. They had the Brazilian um, puffy bread with the cheese in the middle. Uh, it looked amazing. Yeah, it was delicious. And we didn't realize we were going to get nine of them with two of us. So, uh, 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 so let's just say. <laughs> That's we, a nice size reason, appetizer portion. Yeah, there's a reason we did not get dessert. And then they had a, a, a pork satay, you know, on the stick. And it was the most tender and juicy. And we got three kind of mini kebabs of that um, phenomenal uh, special, you know, daily special appetizers. Um, Sounds like you'd practically make a meal off of that. We probably could have. We did not realize they were going to be as big as they were because we're used to fairly small appetizers, um, especially at Disney, you know, I mean, which we're used to. So, you know, it doesn't bother us. so that was a phenomenal, phenomenal dining experience. Um, we ate at the Brown Derby when we were at Hollywood Studios. Um, again, killer service, phenomenal meal. I ordered the steak. Clay ordered the scallops. Um, oh, man after my heart. That's yeah. Those scallops are one of my favorite dishes at all of Walt Disney World. Yes. And he said, did not fail. Um, you know, did, didn't disappoint again. Did not, they, they, they knocked it out of the park and we love their desserts there. That grapefruit cake was, was delicious. Now I did order a special, um, Walt dessert while I was there. Actually the, the steak is served right now with hash underneath it, which is how Walt ordered it. And there was a fried egg on top. So your filet mignon will have a, a potato and, and beef hash and then um, a fried egg on top. They have an individual portion of baked Alaska as a dessert right now. Wow. Yeah. Sign me up. I am am not kidding. And it was phenomenal. So Clay ordered the grapefruit cake. I ordered the the baked Alaska. And they have a special reserve Joffrey's coffee right now, too. Um, It's a sustainable. We've never seen it before. And they had it at some of the higher-end restaurants. It's a delicious delicious coffee and willie knows i am not a joffrey's coffee fan um i'm, I'm just not uh but i'm not either so good to know it was delicious the coffee and we we made sure to let the waiter know to tell to tell the manager that the coffee needs to stay on the menu because it was that good because and again not a joffrey's fan but this was killer and it complemented the baked alaska and the the grapefruit cake beautifully had a fantastic meal there um Ate at the Rosen Crown twice. 
uh, because it's our favorite restaurant in Epcot. First meal with friends, there were four of us. Um, we only had a reservation for two, walked up, asked if we could add four. They accommodated us immediately. We sat, we had a phenomenal, phenomenal meal um, inside. We were actually inside uh, for that one. Uh, the second time we went, it was our last night at Epcot. It was on the 4th of October. Disappointing. A, a 180 from the first night. Oh. The food the food was um, mediocre. Uh, the service was abysmal. The, the, the um, wait staff, the cast member, didn't even ask me if I wanted another beer. And she offered me a water. You know, like, can I get you another water? You know, before a beer. That's and so I know wow. it, it was very non. I think maybe it was a little anniversary hangover there. At- that so that was what we said. Of course, we we don't take it out on the cast members. We right, don't. Right. You know, we don't um, do do anything mean or anything like that. But the idea was, I think they were exhausted because this was Monday night at that point, and I, I think they were just tired. They had been going and going and going for four or five days. And they needed some rest. So yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday had to be bonkers. So yeah. they were oh probably God. just at your spent. Absolutely. Now I will say for the first time ever, um, we did go to La Cava for you, Tim. Uh, yes. So uh, my husband got the avocado margarita. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, our friends got the avocado margarita. He got the the spicy one, the blood orange with the spicy rim. Yes. Oh, yes, with the tahini uh, rim. Favorite. Yes. 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 Um, both of those were phenomenal too. So we we enjoyed those. Um, otherwise, because the food and wine festival was going on at Epcot, we just kind of ate our way around the world. Did the um, did the uh, the cheese stroll because of because of the Ratatouille ride opening? Um, it, you know, at, at Christmas time they do the cookie stroll. They did a cheese stroll where you go and try five different cheese dishes, and then you get a little prize. And it's a cute little uh, wine glass that you get for doing it. It's a little plastic wine glass. Um, and it was fun to try five different cheese dishes. Um, so, you know, I like cheese. Yeah. I love cheese. So, um, did that, um, when we were in animal kingdom, um, we don't typically eat at animal kingdom. We, what we do is we go to the nomad lounge and we have a cocktail or two, and then we order a couple or three. Okay. Or three. (laughs) Um, and then we order some appetizers while we're there. And we had, um, the, the beef sliders and the short ribs. And both were just as delicious as, as they've always been. So um, our food, our food experience was, was very, very nice. And of course we drank beers and, and sampled things, you know, um, through Epcot and, and those types of things as well. Now um, you, you mentioned you were in Epcot and, and you did the, you know, the cheese stroll. Did, did you ride Ratatouille? We, we did. So um, we were not, so we were, we were in Epcot on the 30th of September and we were hoping that they might open it early. Yeah. Fat chance. Didn't they did not. Okay. Um, and so, uh, yeah, womp, womp, womp. So, um, exactly. we, we, uh, we did not go back into, back to Epcot until the, the 4th of, of, um, of October. And so I did get up early. I got us in the queue, the virtual queue for Ratchatui. We were group 58 and we were called right about one o'clock. And, um, you, you know, you go, you scan, you, know, you scan your band, you, you go through a queue. It's kind of like Rise of the Resistance was, and you get in a line and you, and you queue through it. And it is a great ride 
but it is not, you, you can tell that it is a ride that has been imported from, um, what, what is it? Shanghai or what, where, where do they have France. it? France, France, from yeah, France. Paris. Disney Paris. Okay. That makes sense. Sorry. Um, you can tell that it is, but the trackless ride is incredible, but it utilizes a lot of the 3d screens like we see at that other park. Um, but it's done better. Um, the, um, the, the, the way in which they incorporate your surroundings and you move through the kitchen and the dining room as you're scurrying in your little Remy car is really, really well done. When you walk off of it, though, again, you say, that was really cute. You don't walk out going, wow, like you did with Rise of the Resistance. Yeah, but but it's absolutely worth it. Would I wait two hours, three hours if they did not have the virtual queue? No. I would not. That's what I was going to say. You didn't walk off of it going, oh, I want to ride that again. Let's get back in line. I, I, I would say I want to ride that again. And if I'd have gotten in line, I'd have been okay. But okay. I'm not going to wait in line two hours. Okay. Right, so okay. We'll, gotcha. let's, let's twist it then and ask the question in a slightly different way. If you had the option of riding the attraction using a, a you know, a virtual queue where you're going to, you know, have to grab a, a number and, you know, get the nebulous callback. Or pay, you know, $15 a piece to choose your time when you would come back, which would you do? Or would you do neither and do something else? So um, we've actually talked about this in our family because there's only two of us that typically go, um, you, you know, $15 is the cost of two Mickey bars at this point, right? Roughly. I mean, uh, so... We, we okay, were, but it's still less than one margarita that, at Cava. I'm it, just saying. It, absolutely, right? And it's less, <laughs> it's less than I paid for that baked Alaska dessert at um, at the Brown. Derby. I heard that. Yeah. So, so the idea is, I would pay and choose my time because that way I could choose my lunch reservation or my dinner reservation, and I could have my schedule set. Now, if I were a family of six, I would probably have to consider something else. But because there's only two of us, it's worth the thirty dollars to me. Or whatever it'll be, whatever it'll be to to be able to right. to to pay to do that. Um, when you're in Disney, you know you're going to spend money, so it, 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 that's what I would do um, versus the virtual queue. So um, let's see what else did I want. Well, let, let me ask Lucy what what the other guys thinking. You know what what uh, what are you guys burning to ask that that we haven't talked about yet? Did you uh, make any attempt to get into Space 220? I did. I, I appreciate you asking that because um, both days that I was at Epcot and the day that I park hopped to Epcot, <laughs> um, I did go over and check the line. Um, the first day that I was there, we, um, we tried to get in line and we were probably 25th in line. And this is when they said they were still seating the bar and the bar area. And then as I was standing in line, um, a cast member came through and said they were no longer seating the bar area. They were only seating the bar and it was 10 seats. And so we were told it was 11 o'clock at this point, I think. No, 10 o'clock at this point. And we were told that it would probably be three hours before we could be seated. Wow. So we looked at each other and said, no, thanks. Walked back later that day to see if the line had shrunk. It had some. But for the most part, 
again, I'm not going to wait in line when I know I'm going to be back to the parks. The next time we came, checked the line as well, not as long, but again, I don't know if they had just changed the protocol, but they were only seating at the bar. And we were told again that it would be probably a two hour wait to get to the bar um, because it's first come first serve. You can order food. You don't just order drinks, you know, and depending on how many people are in the parties ahead of you, you know, because it looks like one person standing in line, but there's actually six of them, you know, you know, you, you end up not being able to do so. So I did not even venture into the building um, because they, they were, they were gatekeeping it pretty, pretty closely. There were three cast members out there kind of passing along information as we were doing it. So that was the, well, there's always next time. Sure. Fair enough. Um, if you were not uh, uh, the, the kind that can go just, you know, pick up and go whenever you feel like it, if this was your once every 10 year vacation, would you have stood in that line? I think I probably would have, um, knowing that it's new and different and it could be gone in 10 years. Right. And, and also I've heard that the drinks are good. I've heard mixed reviews. Some people say they've had phenomenal food and some people have said that they, that they have not. Um, and I would want to, I would want to see for myself. So I, I probably would stand in line, um, knowing that, that that's the case. I would hope you know, with the extra hours that they're doing at night for the deluxe um, hotels, I was really hoping they were going to keep it open late and that you could go do that. But they were not open because I did swing by. Oh, there bummer. Yeah. The only, th- the only places that were, that were open other than the attractions and keep in mind, they did not leave Ratatouille open. Um, the only places that were open were La Cava, um, the Rosen Crown, the Regal Eagle and Spice Roads Bar. That's the only places where you could still get food or drink. Oh, twist my arm to go to La Cava. I know, I know, right? I so, um, because that was twist my arm to go to Frozen Crown. Well, I hate that too. There. And the, yeah. and the, yeah, go, go over there and have you some blood sausage, Willie. Get yeah, some blood I love sausage. it. Do you? Oh, God, Mr. Yeah. Chicken Nugget. You want? You like blood? Okay, whatever. Oh, I love all meat. Yeah. <laughs> now, but here's the thing, and this is what they have not advertised, and so listeners, listen up, right? Um, there's no food offerings at those four places after harmonious is over and you're there for those two hours. It's only drinks. So there were a lot of cranky families that had waited that had, that had waited for the show to be over. And then we're going to grab some food. They were all closed. Oh no. Yeah. Sound like Good. the order That's an important pizza. Tip. All right. So yeah, it is. if you're staying, if you're staying for those extended evening hours, cause you're a deluxe resort guest, don't plan on eating. <laughs> Don't couldn't even get chips. You could probably get a pretzel. No, there was they were only serving drinks at all of the locations. Wow! But can you get a pretzel over in um, Germany? Like no, no. I was thinking more um, Future World and so all the popcorn carts had shut down. Now, um, oh yeah, there was one. There was one enterprising cart over by Norway where um, they realized that they could, or or the line had just never died, but. We had, I would say it was 1030 and we saw them still serving beers and, and food. So I don't know if they were breaking the rules or if it's just because people were in line that they continued, you know, to, to serve the guests, but there was no other food to be had. And you could tell that it was the end of that line and they were shutting down. Yeah. 
that's that's an important tip. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that, by the way, if we hadn't talked about that a whole lot here, we've mentioned it, I know. Uh, and this is this is the sort of second part of the replacement of of extra magic hours, right? The morning replacement is open to everybody, and it's that thirty minutes early admission to all four parks that on the same day, you know, all the time. The the flip side is that you know it looks like about once a week you'll get um, Magic Kingdom open for two hours extra in the evening, and then on a different night, Epcot open for two hours extra in the evening, um, but open only to um, deluxe guests who are staying in a deluxe or a deluxe suite resort. Yes, and and they were checking at first. I didn't think they would. Um, because we walked into Frozen and the, the, the cast member said, oh, are you coming to Frozen? Come on in this way. But then when we got up to the doorway, they did scan our magic bands. Um, and so they, they were checking. Um, I, I, I have a feeling, um, just because I know a few bartenders down there, that a bartender is not going to ask to scan your band to sell you a beer. So, um, you know, if you want to uh-huh. get a beer, they'll probably sell you a beer. Uh, but Otherwise, they're not going to let you onto the attractions. They were they were checking us. Yeah, and here's an important tip too, because uh, I've I've heard feedback on this from a guest already. Um, for those folks who have a split stay, if if you check out on a day that has evening extra hours, you are entitled to use those evening extra hours. The tricky part is. That once you've checked in to your second reservation, when they scan your band, it's going to show you in the second hotel. So if you're moving, and not, <laughs> I don't recommend it anyway, but if you're moving from a deluxe resort to a moderate or uh, a value resort, when you scan, it'll scan you as being in the other resort. So bring your confirmation with you so that you can show them that you just checked out from the, the deluxe resort that day. Oh, that good day. call. And uh, on, yeah, I wouldn't have thought of that on the reverse side of that. Um, when we went down on the 28th, we didn't want to burn our DVC points to, you know, sleep for six hours and then go to the parks. And so um, we went, we stayed off property that first night, but because we were checking in to uh, a Disney resort, on the 29th, uh, that, that day, but our room wasn't ready yet. They let us in for the 30 minutes before they scanned our band and said, Oh, okay, come on in. They can see that. So if you're checking in that day and you go to the parks, you qualify for that extra 30 minutes in the morning too. Yeah, you do. And, and you'll make it easier on yourself if you do the online check-in in advance. Cause if you do the online check-in, they don't know any difference that you haven't even been to your hotel yet. Absolutely. Right. You are checked in. Absolutely. Yep. And it was seamless for us. Seamless. And for the first time in a long time, both of our magic bands worked to open our door and my Disney experience would open our doors as well. So um, you could use your phone to unlock the unlock the door. And for whatever reason, for the last few trips, we have not been able to get both of our like one or the other. We're constantly going to the desk to get them fixed. Um, did not have to do that a single time. Never had to go in to the uh, reception at Old Key West in the seven days that we were there. Excellent. Um, had, had you stayed at Old Key West recently? I mean, I know that's not your usual DVC resort. So maybe talk a little bit about um, staying at Old Key West. 
I would be delighted to talk about staying at Old Key West because we actually um, stayed at Old Key West back in 2016 or 27. 2016. 2016. Thank you. Um, and we were in a deluxe studio and it was in dire need of renovation. We were on a first floor deluxe studio in, a, in the building in the 60s. So just to the right of the hospitality house there. And it was a nice enough stay but not quite what I was envisioning. When we opened the door to our one bedroom um, villa in building 14, we were in four, were we, we were in 13, we were in building 13. Um, oh, oh, see bad luck number right there. Oh no, it was great. It was, <laughs> it was, it was phenomenal. Um, we, we were on the third floor, which I had requested because I didn't want anybody banging around above me. Um, it had been renovated. And it was stunning. I sent pictures to Willie, um, and I and I think he was a, a little jealous of of the room we were in. But the renovation you mean a lot jealous. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the renovations that they've done there are beautiful. The upgrades are great. They're of quality. Um, the bathroom is enormous. The shower is is wonderful. It's got two shower heads. You can have a regular one or the waterfall. A giant king size bed. Um, we had a balcony that was probably 12 feet by 12 feet. Uh, you know, it's got a full size table and chairs out there. It was, it was lovely, a lovely, lovely place to stay. And we were the, um, the last bus stop. Uh, so, you know, as soon as you got on the bus where we were, you know, you went straight to the parks, but the first bus stop is right down the street, I'd say, 100 yards from the hospitality house. So we would just get off at the first stop and walk back. So Old Key West was wonderful. Gurgling suitcase doesn't disappoint when you're looking for a cocktail. Um, the to-go breakfast, I don't remember the name of it, outside of Olivia's because we did not eat at Olivia's. The, the to-go breakfast sandwiches were delicious. <clears throat> Excuse me. We had a sausage, um, egg, and cheese biscuit and um, a coffee uh, each, and it was hot, fresh, delicious, and it, way better than anything you'd get at like a Dairy Queen or a you know, you know um, a food court or something like that. It was it was very very nicely done, and of course the boats are running again to Disney Springs. So we took the boat home from Disney Springs one night, and it's such a great you know twelve to fifteen minute ride through the canals. And then you get off and you walk right to your resort. Absolutely. Hands down, I would recommend, even though it's the oldest Disney vacation club, I would recommend it hands down to anybody that's looking for a nice laid back resort um, for, uh, for, a, for a vacation. It may be old, but it is a hidden gem. It really is. And the rooms are huge. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. I mean, we've talked about this, I think, before in the show, although it's been a while, but, you know, it's the largest two bedroom suite. On property you'll ever have um, on property it's huge yep. anywhere on property it's the biggest two-bedroom suite um and you know i was going to say it, it's a really great option for those folks who have larger families or extended family traveling together um you know a lot of people don't even think about it don't even consider it because they they automatically assume that because it's a two-bedroom suite and all that that it's expensive it prices remarkably well um, yes. And if, if you want the deluxe amenities, you know, for, a, for an extended family, um, the, the two bedroom at, at old key West is frankly a fantastic deal. It's also not that far away from everything at all. I mean, you, you pretend like it is, but it's 
close to That's most parks. Yeah. And yeah. another bonus that it has going for it is that unlike some of the other deluxe resorts, um, you park right outside your room. If you have a car right. on property, you are right outside your room. I remember when we stayed at the boardwalk, which we had a lovely room and a lovely view there. It was forever to get just to the lobby from the parking lot and then from the lobby to our room. A long walk. Yeah. And one of my favorite drinks is in Olivia's actually uh, the turtle crawl. No place on property. You can get a turtle crawl, but Olivia's it's one of my favorite on property drinks to have. What's so, in yeah. that? Uh, it's um, sorry. I, well, I know it's a coconut rum base, but it's uh, I forget exactly what it's in. It's been a few years since I've had it, but wow. I mean, if, if you're like me and just like to taste different things, um, yeah, I know some, some people are not, you know, the alcohol type, but you know, just, I like tasting different things. So I think that's one thing I like about La Cava too, is that, you know, the different flavors of margaritas, but the turtle crawl is a, a hidden gem. If you're in the mood and you're at old key West and you go into Olivia's. Yeah. You got to do that. And I love the girling suitcase. Cause oh yeah. Place is so much fun. It's a no brain hurts. Yeah. Like I said, most of Old Key West is a hidden gem fiasco. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, so Jay, any any other kind of final thoughts about this trip that that we haven't touched on? Things that um, you, you feel really bare mentioning, or that you wouldn't want to leave without saying? I I want to say that um, as we hopefully are pulling out of the COVID nineteen crisis um, as a world as a country. Um, Disney's um, doing a good job. If if you have questions about masks, right, you still have to wear masks inside any of the attractions on the, any transportation, including the Skyliner. Um, uh, even if you're by yourself, you're you're told to wear your masks. Um, and and outside there, um, they're they're not requiring masks. Um, and as you go to your tables and restaurants, you do. And and a lot of people have talked about the the loss of the magic. I, I want to say that. Having been in July of 2020, in November of 2020, in June of 2021, and now in October of 2021, um, you know, four trips as this pandemic has gone on, the magic is still there. The magic is coming back or whatever it is that you want to say. So if people are hesitant about going or booking trips or that, don't be. Uh, It is so much fun. The cast members are so excited to welcome people back. And, um, and it's a trip that I'm glad that, uh, that, that I booked and, and would definitely do it again, even pushing through the crowds of, of an hour and something in sleepy hollow to get a, to get a waffle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me ask you this. How do you reconcile the fact that everybody was basically shoulder to shoulder uh, with the fact that COVID-19 is still a very real threat you know, for, for our listeners who are thinking about going, but they're worried about uh, the pandemic or, you know, worried about catching COVID-19. What would you say? So it, it's interesting that you say that my husband and I made the conscious decision that even outside we wore our masks. Um, we had done it through the heat of uh, July, through the heat of June. Um, and it was pretty warm there in October. Um, because I find it to be very interesting that you, you know, um, 
that you, you know we, we've got all this all, all these social distancing ideas etc in place and then you're not social distancing here and there and everywhere right that like all of the the six foot um markers are gone on all of the attractions um the plexiglass has come down and i'd say 90 percent of the attractions right um but we we chose to wear our masks even outside out of an abundance of caution um you know we just uh, we're both vaccinated but felt the felt the desire to um to just try to be as safe as possible and sure, sure. and i would say that um Yes, and even some of the bottlenecks that we all know, the places where the park's bottleneck is your It's a home run. I would say in looking around, 25 to 30% of the guests are wearing their masks in outdoor locations too. So if somebody's worried about going there and feeling silly or looking silly out of an abundance of caution and they want to wear their mask, you won't be alone, right? And if you're somebody that doesn't want to wear a mask, you won't be alone. There's there's plenty of people there that will allow you to uh, to breathe freely and 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 do what you need to do. Um, but just remember, you need to have it anytime you go inside a building. So um, I will I will say, not a single time, not a single time that I feel the need to uh, to say, oh, I don't feel safe. I don't want to do this because you know safety is so important. Oh, there's one other thing that I forgot about as well um, with this trip. And that was Steakhouse 71. Oh, yeah. We would love to hear about that. New restaurant opened, uh, replacing the wave. So we were a little, you know, the wave was always one of my hidden gems. So, yes, me too. I was, I was crushed when I found out that the wave was closing and they were redoing it. And so when Willie and I found a reservation for breakfast at Steakhouse 71 last Tuesday, um, I was like, yes. Let's do it for multiple reasons, but really, I, I was going to say it was the everything. The, it uh, was everything the on the plate, and we were greeted warmly. Um, by the way, everything. The renovations in the lobby of the Contemporary are beautiful. They are absolutely beautiful. So um, I hope people will take a moment to look around and walk around the lobby before you go down the hallway into Steakhouse Seventy One. Um, people were were wonderful. The cast members were excited to greet us. They are still, um, it, I mean, the restaurant had opened on the 1st and we were there on the 5th. So they were still working out some kinks. There were a lot of cast members earning their ears. So what I would say is if you're going and you see those little red tags, have some patience for these for these people because they're learning. That's across the board, yeah, right? Absolutely. They're, they're, they're learning the, the workings of a new restaurant. And we were there for breakfast, which is a very different meal than a lot of the other things. Um, I ordered the um i i don't know what i don't remember what it was called i'm gonna call it the everything uh, <laughs> yeah because i wanted to try a, a little bit of everything so so i got um i got one of the eggs benedict i got a mickey waffle i got sausage i got bacon i got eggs i got grits um i you know all all of the bread oh and a and a bowl of fruit like it all it all came out you know and it was it was delicious. Um, the waitress was, um, she was fantastic. Uh, you know, took our orders, did a great job of bringing us her coffees, her drinks, you, you know, um, uh, my husband got the, uh, the hash Walt's hash, his breakfast hash with eggs over it. Cause apparently Walt ate hash every day because every restaurant has, has <laughs> a hash offering right now. Um, it was, it was so good that after he offered me the first bite, five minutes later, I asked for a second bite. 
of, of his hash too. So um, breakfast was was absolutely wonderful. And it, 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 for us, it was a great send off because we then went over to the Magic Kingdom for a little while and then we drove to the airport, right? So, so the idea was um, it, is, it is a great place. Willie is going to go for lunch or dinner so he can have a burger. Um, but it's a no, I'm not going to get the burger anymore. Good. Right, so good. I'm moving on. It's a, uh, it's a great place to go. I mean, they might have chicken nuggets. Yeah. Nope. I'm going to try something different and be all out of the ordinary. Well, we need to hear a trip report. We're going to have a whole trip report. Don't worry. (laughs) I will. It's going to be Halloween. So I might wear my pumpkin outfit. That'd be great. I will say that um, if you're, if you remember, if you recall, the wave was kind of dark. Very dark. Um, That was my one complaint. It's that, that heavy blue lighting. Yeah. Absolutely different now. It is opened up. There's a lot of uh, light blue, white, um, some dark wood, and bright light everywhere. It feels like an entirely different restaurant. Okay, and so that's it, great because my one complaint about the wave was that it made me feel like I was 90 years old because yes. I could not see the menu. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. You you will not need to get out the flashlight on your phone to read the menu in this in the new steakhouse 71 and you'll just need your spectacles yes Yes. your your cheaters that's it and i will say that the photographs that they have hung up around the restaurant of the planning and the building of uh walt disney world they are well worth a look as you wait for your table it is a lot of fun to to see those old photographs very cool yeah i think that's everything yeah, I'm All glad right. you brought that up. Well, I'm glad you caught yourself and, and let us know. I think you gave us, you know, great, great suggestions for, for listeners who are thinking about, you know, heading down to Walt Disney World for one of these milestone kinds of celebrations. We're going to see, you know, more of these in the future. Um, and, and you know, it's not entirely unlike uh, the, the various, I mean, we're going to have major events for openings like, like, uh, uh, the light cycle run is going to open in magic kingdom and uh, cosmic rewind is going to open in, in Epcot at some point here. And I have a feeling that those big openings uh, are in some ways going to resemble those anniversary crowds. No doubt. So, I think so too. Um, all right. Well, thanks so much for, for joining us, Jay. We really uh, appreciate you sharing your experiences with us. Um, Always. And, and, you know, listeners, uh, if, if you all were there around the 50th as well, we'd love to hear your stories too. Um, you know, give us a shout out. You can email us at podcast at disdads.com. Uh, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash disdadspodcast. On Twitter at disdadspodcast. Gee, there's a theme there. Um, and you can, you know, hit us up individually. Um, you could email Willie by sending an email to Willie at wickedmousetravel.com. You could email Tim thing, at tim.hicks at fantasticmemoriestravel.com. You could get me at Aaron at mousemastertravel.com. And uh, Jay, would you rather people just send email care of Willie or you want to share your, your address too? They can just uh, write to Willie at Willie at wickedmousetravel.com. He'll know how to get a hold of me. All right. Uh, so thank you. So much easier. 
And hey, if, if, if you've enjoyed the show, if you've been enjoying the show, uh, we'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute and leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts in particular. Um, it makes it a lot easier for new listeners to find the show. Those reviews uh, are a big help. Uh, I think we're, you're going to start seeing, I just got a, an email um, from from Facebook that uh, they're going to start sort of leveraging the ability to uh, publish podcasts uh, right, right on our Facebook page. So um, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like yet. Um, so far, Facebook seems to think that they're videos, um, which they're not. But... Uh, in any case, you may find it easier to listen there um, soon. Until next time, I've been your host, Aaron Ripmaster, with my trusty co-host, Willie Crocker. Have a wicked wild night. The erstwhile Tim Hicks. <laughs> Remember me when you want to travel far. Remember me. <laughs> I'll help you wish upon a star. <laughs> and our special guest, Jay Crocker. Thanks again for letting me pop in for another guest appearance. Always glad to have you. And, uh, Guess sitting in for Tim because Tim didn't bother to show up this evening. Oh, really? Say what? The, the uh, oh man, I had something in my head. I was going to use for this. Edit this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't play a damn. I got to keep on. I don't play a damn thing, man. Hello. Yeah.